I would like. not know what Slash looks like okay, without you, the hair in the face and the yeah. hat on. You remember, and you a remember guitar those, in his chest. You remember the bugs called roly polies? Remember those? Of course, yeah. He looks like a roly poly rolled up with eyes. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and hilariously unfortunate. Yeah, that's just how it is. He's a roly poly with eyes. <laughs> I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. I, always, I used to feel that when I would read McSweeney's or like when I when I started to when I first learned about McSweeney's, it was like it was the smart the smart the Montessori kids version of National Lampoons. So I never saw it like National Lampoon. You know, it was it, never it was never that edgy. Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. Like it was Montessori. It, it was like yeah. oh, they're, they're, it was almost like New Yorker, but like grounded. Well, see, that's the thing is in and, its humor, and, and I will and I will confess, I I remember. I, I remember a time where I thought McSweeney's was kind of funny and I enjoyed reading it. I didn't read it every, you know, it was like I was a devoted f- fan. Yeah. But every time I read something McSweeney's, I would laugh. Um, and I felt that way about David Sedaris as well. And then at a certain point. I love David Sedaris. Yeah. Well, to me, listening to David Sedaris talk is like having somebody pummel my fucking face with a goddamn pumice stone. I hate, And this isn't about his I, voice, right? No, this, is this is about, is about what he's talking his about. His sense okay. of humor. At some point, I just realized. Jesus Christ, say something different and new. It's the same you know joke what? over it's, and over. It's the same joke over and over because he's out of family material. His mom is dead. It's boring. You know, there's nothing new coming there. He's happy living with Hugh in France. He's actually now, and I need to watch it, it's still on the DVR, but these um, uh, Sunday morning, the, the Sunday morning show on CBS, Yeah. he's now a contributor. But like so I said, he'll do, he'll do a humorous piece like Jim Gaffigan does, which are thing, you know safe for the is, old folks. But this is years ago. This is even before he got happy. I just had heard all the fucking. It's like how many fucking more stories that sound number one completely improbable. So I don't think they, yeah. I don't think yeah. most of them have. They, I mean, they're very interesting, but it's just sort of like it's very it's very white wealthy. Sort of snide bullshit, and I just NPR. Yeah, well, yeah, and I just kind of like I can't take it, so I stopped listening to Sedaris years ago. Yeah, and and I stopped probably around the same time I stopped reading McSweeney's, and now okay. every time McSweeney's pops up, I just want to fucking throw a shoe at somebody. So, a real quick note on David Sedaris. I I used to say, and I I still agree with this this idea that David Sedaris has the career that I wanted or want. You know, like. Best-selling author did some radio shit. Can you know s- sell out speaking engagements? The world, right? Like, sure, not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. But if, um, I, if but if I'm going to have somebody that 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 fits that profile, give me Henry Rollins, not fucking but, David Sedaris. Right. Yes. And I've also gotten harder and grittier in my old age, and I don't want to please everybody as much as David Sedaris might. You know. So, so do you think so, that's what it is that we're getting older and we just don't think that sense of humor is fucking fun anymore? I would say yes, because sometimes people just aren't the audience for your show, right? Yeah, yeah. Except that, no, I don't think that's the case with McSweeney's. And here's the reason why. So just this week alone, I found a story, a a friend on Facebook had posted this story from McSweeney's, 
And I read it, and I wanted to pull my fucking eyes out and stick them so far in my ears that I would never hear again. And uh, and I, of course, forwarded it to you because I couldn't yes. suffer alone. And it was it was published on February 25th, which was... And I just... And the date is important because of the frequency of what they're doing with their quote-unquote humor. So February 25th was when it was published. Yes. That was last Monday. From when we're recording right now. Yeah, we're yeah, recording yeah, yeah. on March 6th. Okay, I'm just I'm making sure that my case is sound. All right. That was a story called I'm a good liberal man at a social justice nonprofit and I have advice for my female colleague. Now, did you read the piece? Yeah. Because I read the piece, and what it occurred to me is that it would be just as accurate if it said, I'm a liberal woman. It, it was just whiny bullshit, and it could have been from either side. Here's the joke. Yeah, yeah tell me the pa- joke. Pa- part, part of me, the joke is that it, this one was written by Lacey N. Dunham. Yeah, I don't okay. know if she's in any relation to Lena Dunham. I hope not, because that's unfortunate. Um, but not surprising, because Lena Dunham isn't funny, and she would write shit like this. Exactly. Um. But the joke behind this, like the thesis joke, not the jokes within, you know, not the punchlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point of view of the joke is the smugness of a, of a social justice warrior who happens to be a man, but he can't be a social justice warrior because he's a man who's talking down to the woman. That's the joke. So, one... I kind of wrote something like this, or I did write something kind of like this with The Perfect Feminist, which I published on the A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrote that years ago. And I'm not just saying this because... You did it better? I'm a dick, but I think I did it better. Well, I know you did it better. Because there was like... I didn't want to beat you to death with a spoon. Yeah, right. And there was narrative to it, and there was like an arc to this character's flaws that developed and how fucking stupid he was being by being so righteous. And instead of going, you know... It took out the tongue in cheek. This is just this really lazy way of being sarcastic and smug. But okay, fine. Not everything's gold, right? Okay. But there's the thesis of the joke. What were you going to say? I'm just looking at some of the headlines, okay? Mm. The big chill, except with ducklings from the make way for ducklings now all grown up. I want to beat Alex Rim. I want to beat you to death. I just do. I don't even okay. know what that is. Our company's new wellness program is in no way an attempt to further shoulder the healthcare burden on you, your our lowliest employees, which is obvious. It's like it's just on the button. It's not interesting. It's not well thought out. I haven't read the article, but S. Craig Renfro, fuck off. Um, it's like they're trying to do the onion. By but Matthew Brian Cohen, I support can't. strong women of color unless they are politically to my left. All fuck right. you. Now stop right there because you that's what my issue. Piece of shit. That's my issue. All right. So today or yesterday, rather, a, fr- a friend of mine sent me a link to this story. I support strong women of color unless they are politically to my left by Matthew uh, Brian Cohen. Yeah, I want to punch him in the face just for the 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 the, the headline. It was published it. March fifth. Yep. All right. So that was March fifth. That is a week and one day. From when the I'm a good liberal man at a social justice nonprofit, and I have advice for my female colleague, yeah. was published. Now, here's the reason. So last night I was reading it, and I'd had like a I'd had a drink or two, so I wasn't like totally. I was just kind of relaxing, and and I'm reading this and I'm going, Have I read this before? Where did I read this? This is familiar, but I don't recognize that joke. That it's the same. Going? Is it the same? And then piece? it dawned on me that oh, 
I read this in McSweeney's, but it was a different story. Hang on. So like I did some quick Googling and, you know, searching through the Facebook to find that friend's post. It's the same fucking joke. It's this, this like, you know, hapless moron, uh, social justice warrior, smart guy who's trying to do the right thing. All right. Here's an example but of a really like, funny joke. He wants joke. to be cool, but wants to tell you what to do because he knows better. It's the same fucking joke. They're this, publishing this, the same joke with the same... This that's is the, the sum, best you have you this one is note the, motherfuckers this is the sum total and that article I'm just looking at that article and I just this jumped out at me this is the whole joke this is the whole joke now I'm no Republican even though I consistently vote for them and with them <laughs> sip your martini David Sedaris yeah. aren't I charming and, and erudite fuck you so yeah are, so okay so you're you're Registered as a Democrat, but you vote. Rep- I don't you understand. I don't understand. Like, joke. what's the and the joke? It's the saying that it's the, the joke is that no real man could possibly be anything but a Republican. I mean, don't right. you understand it? Right, don't and you there can't it, and there David? can't be nuance on things. There can't be, you know. Don't you get I, it, David? You're right. It's just so charming and and almost gay, but not, and just adorable. And I've been to France. Have you? Okay. Right. These are the people that I want to fucking, like, pull their underwear up above their head. These people are just as bad for the zeitgeist as those fucking GOP motherfuckers wearing pearls or whatever the hell to mock the women in white or whatever the hell that, because whatever. But here, here's the bigger problem is not only are these two pieces and many of the other pieces on McSweeney's not funny because funny is subjective, right? Like, I'm sure that there are plenty of – I know there are plenty of people that think this shit is funny. Our friend who posted the other one, you know, thinks it's oh, funny. Oh, thought it I'm was sure my wife would fucking love it. Right. So the I don't think they think it's I funny. I don't think they laugh. I think they smile and say, see – See, yeah. that's oh, not yeah. funny. Yes. That's not. Okay. I think that's that, fair. That's yep. not. I think that's funny. It's that makes a point in a way that I can get you. I can get the people that I don't like with this funny comment. It's this not, is the. This is the Nanette effect. Yeah. This, exactly. This is not. It's not comedy. It's social commentary. But it's done Except with a smile and the a wry sense that, of humor. The difference is that Hannah Gadsbury, Gadsbury, Gadsby, Gadsby, Gadsby. H- Hannah Gadsby. Sorry. Um, the difference is that Hannah Gadsby is at least funny in her yeah, social commentary. Exactly. Even though she says this, she's not going to be, she is funny and pointed and is a She's great not a Republican, even though she votes with them well, on every it's, issue. It, it's a great example of queer storytelling that's been going on since the 80s, but it got yeah. Netflix, so everybody thought it was brand new. But my biggest issue with, with this, the thing that like really just makes me go, oh, fuck, just fuck you in a thousand different ways, is the drastic obviously blatant similarities in these two pieces. They're the same joke. Barely a week apart. The beats are the same. They're the same joke. It, there's nothing new. And I think I was thinking about this today. Do we do that at Littered Ape? Are, are too many of our stories too similar in beats and point of view? And are we, are we beating the dead horse, so to speak? And then I thought, it doesn't really fucking matter. Because no one reads Literate Ape. No one reads Literate Ape. <laughs> yeah. No, this is the thing is I think if, if I think if I was writing about intersectionality and then you wrote about the same basic argument about intersectionality and then Peter Kermitis wrote the same, then we would be doing this. But the fact yeah. that I write 
I have a sim, I have a, a voice and I have an argument and I have a perspective. And so I tend to go back to that and maybe too many times, but that's just sort of the thing that I go back to. If it's about the call out culture, you pretty much know what I'm going to say. Yeah. And, um, and that's the other, that's the other thing is that we're writing, I mean, aside from our fiction pieces, we're, you know, most of our writers are writing, uh, you know, essays and yeah. personal stories. And, and so you can argue their that, own voice. That, and you can argue that Gore Vidal wrote the same essay over and over too. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's like once you've got a point of view, but this is McSweeney's is it's different writers. They're writing creating the same char- piece. They're different writers writing the same piece with made up characters that yeah. are the same. Yeah, that are the same voice. And I would th- I'd like to th- I'd like to think that if we got a piece of fiction from Dana German and then a piece of fiction from uh Jenny Thurston. Eric- J- Jenny Thurston, thank you. Yeah. And they were both this, they were both similar. They had the same beats. I'd say to one, all we're right. We're going to go with the other one. Uh, yeah. We're going to go with the other one. Or I'd spread them out by like six months. Exactly. You know, Because there's similar thought and there's similar yeah. stories and that's fine. But running them back, I just think that's lazy editing. It's, and, it's lazy all the way around. And, and it's I boring. Say, and of course, the writing is lazy and the jokes are lazy and the social commentary is lazy. And the point they're trying to make is tired and it's not getting us anywhere. It's not advancing the conversation. And I say this like an underappreciated, you know, no one reads, li- people fucking know who McSweeney's are. Nobody knows who Littered Ape, right? Like, I get that. But I want to be better than what McSweeney's is doing. If McSweeney's is what people are reading, we need to be better than that because McSweeney's fucking sucks. I was writing, I was writing an email to you and I wrote something about 18 again. Oh, yeah. Which I and haven't seen. It made me think of the movie 18 Again, starring George Burns and Charlie something or other. I literally have never seen that movie. Hang on. Let me look it up real quick. No, I, and, know, what it, yeah, I know what movie yeah. you're talking about. I looked it up when she's been. It's like, yeah. Um, and it's it's a story. You know, it's a swap. You know, young guy gets swapped in an old guy's body. And the old guy gets swapped sure, in an old guy's Freaky body. Freaky Friday. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's a Freaky Friday promise. Yeah. Um, 1988 fantasy comedy. Um, yeah. And I, my brothers and I watched that. I, I mean, I could, uh, I don't, I'm mean, so, just over and over and over and over again. So many times. Was this times. like an HBO thing where it was just on HBO? So you just watched it every time it was on? It was on HBO. Okay. And, yeah. And then we taped it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we had it on tape and just burned through that thing. And we did that. And like kids, they obsess over shit, right? Like you yeah. get into your thing. Like my nephew loved Thomas the Train, right? He just fucking watched that just and watched it and watched it. Way into it. it. Um, I, I can't do that anymore. Oh, I still can. I mean, I've, I've watched Breaking drives, Bad a couple times, but it like, I- It Dana crazy that I can watch the same movie two, three times in a row. Actually, I take that back, because I can watch all the Marvel Avengers yeah, superhero can, movies. I've watched all those fucking- All right, so I was yeah. thinking about the premise, like, what are movies that, like, first of all, really obscure? Because that's the thing, is to me, for it to fit the bills, like 18 again, who the fuck remembers that movie? Nobody. You do, because you watched well, and, it with your brother. And then the other the other one that we watched a shitload of was the it was a rerun obviously because it came out in the nineteen sixties but the not Mary Matlin what's her name? Uh, Mary Martin oh yeah the Peter Pan Mary Martin Peter yeah. Pan from the nineteen sixties they ran that in the sometime in the eighties or early nineties and my brothers and I just we taped it and 
I don't know. It was just always on. It was like that and 18 again, always on. Yeah. And uh, cocktail. So I was thinking about like, because especially the idea that, okay, movies that you watched as a kid over and over and over and over, but you have not seen since you were a kid. Or even thought of. Like, yeah, all right. Because here are the two, and they're actually, there's, all right, there's two, and then there's a third that I have seen more than once, but I watched so many fucking times as a kid that I, it was kind of, it, it was like I was an idiot savant. I love this yeah. movie so much. But one that I loved watching was Fantastic Voyage. Never saw it. Uh, okay, Raquel Welch, George C. Scott is basically uh-huh. about a guy who dies, and they shrink the entire medical staff to to the size of like a hemoglobin, and in your, and he's they got to go in and fix this brain tumor, but they're they're like in a ship in his bloodstream, and it's so like inner space. That well, it's inner space long before yeah. inner space. I right, fucking right. thought Fantastic Voyage was amazing. Also, one that I know you've never heard of. This is 1985. Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Nope. Nope. Yeah, exactly. Fred Ward plays basically. It's it, 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 yeah. Fred Ward. I love and, Fred Ward. And Joel Gray. Talk about your yellow face. Joel Gray actually plays a Japanese sensei. I mean, Ooh. he's got he's got the fake slanted eyes and everything. Um, but it's basically um, sort of like this. This it, 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 the story is Remo Williams is like this dude, and he gets trained by this. Japanese senseis to be a, a superhero, to basically be like a secret agent cool guy. And this yeah. is like the first of what was supposed to be a whole series. That's why it was entitled Reba Williams, The Adventure Begins. It's the only one they ever made. <laughs> I fucking watch it. And thing. that's not part of the joke. Like, no, uh, like, was, like History of the World Part 1. Yeah, no, Brooks no, this, was okay, not, yeah. this was not a joke. This is what they really intended to do. And I must have watched that thing a uh, hundred times. For some reason, I was totally into it. And then the one movie that I watched, maybe so many times I might have stunted my growth, you know, <laughs> um, and still would watch it again and watched it probably last year is uh, 1979's The Warriors. Yeah. Warriors. That's a good movie, though. That was one of my go-tos, but that's a great. Play yeah. Oh, God, I love that movie. Yeah. See, like, how old were you when you were watching Fantastic Voyage? Like, oh, God. Fantastic Voyage was around the same time. Uh, and the thing is, I couldn't watch it over and over and over, mainly because I was so young. This is when I would watch uh, the marathons of uh, the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. But because it was network television, I could only watch it when they were showing it. Yeah. You know, and then they do a marathon, you know. And so Fantastic Voyage... For I, as I recall, that's because when I was a kid, HBO and Skinamax and all that shit really didn't come around until I was like probably eighth or ninth grade. Yeah, but I remember yeah. watching it when I was a kid, and when it, and then finally when it did come on, like I don't know, Showtime. No, there wasn't even Showtime then; it was just HBO and Skinamax. One of them like had it from and I watched it every time I could find it every time it was on I watched it because I was number one it's Raquel Welch yeah and she was uber fucking hot uh yeah you know yeah and number two it was this crazy world of being inside the body and giant you're like they have to fight off the white blood cell it's fucking great you know and it was all this very vintage sort of Harry Winston sort of monster effects I love that movie it just made me think of you mentioned the, the network television that Two other movies that I saw fucking countless times, and you're going to love the second one that I mentioned here. Um, but it was they were always on WGN okay. on like Saturday or Sundays. Um, one was, was The Heavenly Kid. Oh, yeah. I love The Heavenly Kid. Do you remember that? I don't know I who. I do. 
I don't remember who the actors were in it other than the the girlfriend who turned the mom for the, you know, in the Yeah. was um the Malcolm in the Middle mom the with Brian Cranston. She I totally she played opposite Brian Cranston. Movie. I totally remember this but movie. But like nobody else in that 1985, movie. 1985. Oh. Um, hold on. I, Is George Carlin in that? I don't think so. He might be. What's the cast? See, now I'm looking because I'm like, I totally remember this movie. No, Full George Carlin. George, I'm thinking of somebody else that, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I mean, this is like, you know, Bobby Fantana's in it. Um, Or no, no, that's the name of the character, Lewis Smith. I don't know who that guy is. Uh, James Kismeric, Jane Kismeric. Yeah, Jane Kismeric. Yeah. Yep. Richard yep. Mulligan. Richard is in Mulligan. It. That's, that's the one. Right. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Holy but shit. But like, I loved, and every time that I go up an escalator, I think about that movie because of the that final scene where he's going up the escalator to heaven. Yeah. But like, yeah. I never think to like search it out and like show Katie like, oh, let's watch the Heavenly Kid tonight. Which, but the other movie that I would, it was like WGN would run the Heavenly Kid and then they would run Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, one of my favorite movies of all right? time. And the thing about it is I would have counted that except that I still watch. I've got the DVD of that. I love that fucking movie. I do not have the DVD of it, but I would still watch that movie. Because Any, Remember that? There was one night when we, anything we were Kurt over Russell. at your house. And we was, were over at your house and we were talking about it. And, and then I went, like I stopped at a bar before I yeah. came home and it was on the fucking, it was the weirdest yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, Jack Burton. But also not that weird because Big Trouble in Little China is probably playing somewhere at all times. Yeah, you know. Well, I went, Scott White here once was uh, he was talking about this is before I left Chicago, but he was talking about doing a show where it was like famous characters doing monologues that are not from the movie that they were okay. in, you know. And he was like looking for people to pitch ideas, and I pitched Alec Baldwin's character from Glengarry Glen Ross. <laughs> Or ordering a chicken salad sandwich, you know, because I thought that was really yeah. funny. And yeah. and Jack Burton getting his his uh, driver's license renewed at the DMV. Oh my god! And Jack Burton is you know is like ah, the pork chop. What I always say when I'm in here in the DMV, it, it just it's like I love that idea too much. <laughs> I love that idea way too much. Why don't we do? Should I call Whitehair and do that? Because I'm just thinking like, all right, Demi Moore's character in Ghost. Uh, giving a, a congratulatory, like a bar mitzvah speech or something. <laughs> oh, she's crying the whole time. The thing is, I would I would love Demise Moore's character in Ghost buying pottery ware. Oh, there you go. Okay, you know, it's like in a pottery, like like with a bunch of soccer moms talking about pottery. That would be very funny to me. This that was sort of like that's how I took the the challenge. I want I want um uh oh shit what's his name uh. Pulp Fiction director, help uh, help me out. Oh fuck! Why would you do that to me? And then it's it is. He looks like Brian Sweeney. Yeah, I did as uh, Django and what the fuck? Quentin Tarantino. Thank Quentin you. Quentin Tarantino. I can't Quentin believe Tarantino. we both Jesus. brain farted on Quentin Tarantino. That's unbelievable. I mean, it's not like it's a hard name. It's not like it's a common name either. Right. Quentin Tarantino, his character in Pulp Fiction. Ordering coffee at Starbucks. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the this whole thing is about the coffee. <laughs> it's about the coffee, and it's that's called the what's the name of that thing? It's the what's his what's his wife's name? Bonnie. Yeah, the Bonnie conundrum or something. The, the, the Bonnie situation. The Bonnie situation was yeah. the name of that whole section. Was the Bonnie? I love that. Yeah. I've, oh yeah. I know how good my coffee is, Jules. Yeah. yeah. All right. I want to do. I want to do. I want to do Harvey Keitel as the wolf. <laughs> 
yeah. um, in, a, in, a, in a hotel talking to the maid as she's going to clean up his room. Ooh. You know, I was like, these are the funny, these are the yeah. cracks me up. I love that. I think that's super fun. Luke Perry died at 52 years old. Well, so you won that bet. Yeah, goddamn right. I didn't know that. I didn't realize there was a bet, but I'll I'll take the money. I'll take the. Oh, cash. I had I had a bet. I I made this weird bet when I was in seventh grade, which was when nine hundred two when I was at its peak. Yeah. I said I will to my to my friend William Jones. I said I will bet you that Don Hall mm-hmm. outlives Luke Perry. There you go. I don't know who the fuck Don Hall is, but that's yeah. whoever so, this guy is. He should definitely. Will Jones outlive. owes me three dollars. Yeah, and well, a pack of juicy fruit. Well, and the other thing I think is very interesting is he died of a stroke. And yeah. as you know, I've I've had two already. Right. You know, I'm still standing. That's why I should actually double that money. I'm telling you, man, I bet on me. I'm the Wolverine of my of my weight class. You know what I mean? You know here's the thing about Luke Perry is is when celebrities die, I I do feel the thing that we feel when somebody's died. Yeah, well, there's a familiarity. It's somebody you're familiar with on some level has passed on. just tonight, I got a a news notification that Alex Alex Trebek has stage four pancreatic cancer. Exactly, yeah. And I went, went, what the fuck? Oh, my God. And Katie goes, what? I said, Alex Trebek? She goes, oh, yeah, I knew about that. And I go, oh, my God. And as I'm, like, processing it, she goes, what's the big deal? We all die. He's, like, 70-something. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you heartless wench. No, but, like... It's just weird to think like here's this person, and I'm not a big Jeopardy guy, but and, you know, and, and it's given, fucking Jeopardy, and it's well, Alex Trebek. But and, let's let's be frank, you know, that's the thing is in terms of Luke Perry or Alex Trebek, they contributed greatly to pop culture, which is sort of like saying they contributed to making you fries at the McDonald's. It's not that big a deal. It was nice. No, it is, and that and guy that why it the is. fries was a very familiar face. But you know what? It's not no. like. It's, you know, come on. But here's why it matters, but also why it shouldn't matter. Yeah. A quick example before we get into the Luke Perry thing. When, um, who's the guy who played Tony Soprano? Quentin Tarantino. No. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck is wrong with us? You're, see, this thing is you bring hey. him up, and then neither one of us can fucking think of who it is. Tony Soprano. Jeez. Uh, the the fuck? fuck is his goddamn name <laughs> you can edit this shit out right like no james I'm gandolfini ke- so i'm james keeping gandolfini. i am keeping all of I mean, this just trim it because just trim it no because this is the second time it's happened in this podcast that you all right when you throw out a third name and i can't think of it and you have to look it up we're a couple of idiots all right so when james gandolfini died yeah <laughs> it was a shock because he was young ish right and everyone was like, oh, Tony Soprano, rest in peace. I'm going to miss you, Tony Soprano. Bubble. It's like, okay, first of all, motherfuckers, Tony Soprano isn't dead. Tony Soprano will live on forever on DVDs and Netflix and on demand and YouTube and everything, right? Yeah. So redirect your misery, motherfuckers. Here's the thing about Luke Perry is that 90210 that I knew. Yeah. Like the original 902, Beverly Hills 90210, where he was Dylan McKay has been gone for fucking but decades he, now. The thing is he's he's also he's been in Riverdale. He played like a dad version of himself. Which I I didn't I never watched. Well, I never I watched. No. Well, I, I never didn't watched Riverdale, that. but that that gave him a new life with a new yeah. audience. So right. he was sort of a known he was like and that thing is when you think about it in those terms he was sort of like a dad figure. Yeah. 
And he, he's Archie's dad, apparently. He, he was like Richard Mulligan was to you as a child. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's why I remember the show Empty Nest, because of Richard Mulligan. There I mean, you go. Who the fuck else remembers that show? Nobody. Nobody. I don't even the remember. The ghost of Richard Mulligan doesn't remember that show. Yeah. I, well, that's what I was thought was when uh, when uh, Catherine Hellman, yes, Catherine Hellman died recently. Who's Ka- Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mona. Uh, Slutty, well, hot, red-headed that, Mona. Yeah. Well, the thing that makes me laugh is that everybody remembers her from Soap, which is like... A lifetime ago, and I'm like, no, no, I don't remember from soap. I remember from fucking Brazil. Now, granted, I, that was also a lifetime ago. I remember Who's the Boss. See, I never watched Who's the Boss. See, that was okay. See, you said soap, and I'm like, oh, that's right. She wasn't soap, but no, she yeah, was I Mona. Watched, she was Tony Danza's watched, not yes. mother in law, but uh, I yeah. watched soap when I was a yeah. kid. But that's not my reference point for her. Is like I, I always remember Brazil because that's my reference point for so that particular w- actor. When Billy Crystal dies, are you going to post on Facebook like he was a great advocate for the homosexuals, a proud gay man because Billy Crystal was gay in soap? Was that no, no? Again, soap, <laughs> soap is not no, but but soap is not my reference point. When okay. Billy Crystal dies, what I'm going to go is wow, Harry finally met Sally. Whatever you know, it'll be that kind right. of thing. You know, whatever it happens to be. Uh, oh. You know, because that's the movie I associate. Meg, Harry finally met Sally's career because Meg Ryan's career it's is great, dead. Just, okay, I don't. Yeah, all right, yeah. Because she got a facelift, whatever it is, Botox. Oh, it wasn't. It was a face tuck and twist Wait, and she, they they Aunt Annie's that fucking. Well, she tried face, to do yeah. a Jennifer Grey, and Jennifer Grey at least ended up looking like a human being at the end of it. All Jennifer Grey did was get a nose job. But That's the fascinating but, thing. But, she didn't touch anything else. But the thing is, she looked so dramatically different yeah, it's weird. that it was like a totally different person. Uh-huh. Meg Ryan looked dramatically different, but sort of like if her, Meg her Ryan looks like a shrunken of, head. Yeah, like, like her a face shrunken was stretch Meg Ryan. Like it was Stretch Armstrong material that just didn't rebound, you know? It was bad. That that didn't rebound and then was held over a lighter for about three for minutes. Like three minutes, yeah. At yeah. least three. At least yeah, three minutes. That's a perfect yeah. way to put it. Um, oh man. But yeah, Luke Perry. So here's the thing about 90210 and Luke Perry is that my dad and I like I was really into sports as a kid. My dad liked sports just and liked sports just fine. But we never bonded over baseball. I mean we played catch and all that shit, but like yeah. our bonding time, you know, it wasn't over I don't know, like you didn't have a dad, really. Yeah, I didn't so, play like, catch. I threw a rock over in the air right, right. and tried to catch yeah. it with my fucking head because of my grandpa. There was no playing catch. So I can't ask, like, you know, but like, what do other kids bond with their dads over? Sports, um, the same college they went to, the high school they went to, you know, whatever the fuck it is, their fraternity, whatever bullshit. My dad cat and I calling, had, you know. Yeah, cat calling, um, sharing toxic women. Toxic masculinity, yeah, yeah, toxic making, masculinity. Making their mother slash wife uh, feel beneath them. Yeah, demeaning yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my dad and I bonded over TV from the very beginning. Like when I was old enough watching Knight Rider and the A-Team, I remember that, I remember saying to my dad, like, oh, the bad guy's coming because the music had changed. And yeah. I was maybe like three or four. And my dad went, him being impressed, like, that's really good that you recognize that. You know, for a three-year-old, yeah, maybe that is pretty impressive. So we watched Knight Rider, we watched the A-Team. Um, and then in, in the later years, we watched... 90210 and Melrose Place. Okay. And NBC must see TV, you know, friends and ER and all that shit. Yeah. So my dad and I bonded over the teenage melodrama that was Dylan McKay and Brenda Walsh. So and I I 
I don't miss Dylan or uh, what's his fuck Luke. Luke Perry, yeah. You know, I don't watch Riverdale, so I'm I mean, not going to miss uh, the him. The thing is, I'm sorry that he died. I am in, too. That's in, terrible. In, in and it's way, weird. It is weird same, because he's one of our childhood. Well, but in the same way that I'm sorry that anybody dies. I mean, I'm, I'm not sorry they died. I'm sorry for his family and his friends because yeah. they're they're hurting right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's dead, which means he's either snuffed and he, does, he feels no more pain or boredom. Or yeah. um, he's gone to a better place. Or if you're, you know, completely fucked by the Catholic Church. He's either in heaven or hell. I don't believe yeah. in most of that stuff, but it's like, oh, whatever. Whatever it is, at least his back doesn't hurt right now. And my back is hurting me, so it's kind That's of a blessing. Saying. We're getting yeah. older. It's like, at least he doesn't need to get a foot rub or a massage because he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Right. Right. You know? So. So is it weird to you that, because I was, you know, I was talking to Sweeney about it uh, the other night, and... He was like, "Yeah, man, we're we're getting old." Like, because Luke Perry died in the same day the lead singer of Prodigy died. Yep, I saw that. And like, and so he was forty nine, like, right? Yeah, yeah, he was forty nine. So you talk about like our childhood, me and Sweeney, because you know we we went to high school together. We graduated the same year, and he's only like nine days older than me. But anyway, um, like our childhood, not icons, but just beings, like these guys that sort of went away as we've all gotten older, but then when you realize that they're dead and they're no longer here, it's like, oh, Prodigy is gone. And 90210 is gone. This is, life is happening. We have moved on. Who's next? I'm next because I could die too. I'm getting older just like those guys. But it's like nobody gave a shit that Brittany Murphy died or fucking, you know, whoever else is my age that died young. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix? No. What's his name? You know, the, um, the the Joker from the Batman movie. Uh, uh, look, he didn't die of like a stroke. It, it's Heath Ledger. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. See, Love I that got that, bar. but this this doesn't count as one of your. I'm going to throw okay. somebody out, and we're going to have to look it up. Here's the thing I I think is interesting. Patrick Dempsey. Uh, yeah. Can't buy me love. Fucking great movie. Also yes, on the WGN run with uh, Heavenly Kid and Big Trouble in Little China. But, also 53 yes, years on. old. Also 53 years Is old. Is he really? Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Yeah. 53 years old. Rick Astley. 53 years old. Wow. Slash. Slash is only 53? 50, yeah, no shit. 53 years old. Uh, ben Stiller and Charlie Sheen. 53 years old. Okay. Um, who else? Rain, Rain Wilson. Scotty Pippen. Huh. Brooke Shields. Uh, let me see. I'm, I'm looking. Jesus. Uh, Bjork. Who cares? Tia Leone. I, I know. I don't give a shit okay. about Tia Leone. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm looking. This, this is fun. Mads Mickelson. Who? Mads Mickelson, the, the guy that played uh, Hannibal in the TV series. Never watched it. Oh man, you don't. If you look him up, and you'll know exactly who he is. You go. Rick Harrison is the guy that owns the pawn shop and pawn shop. Uh, yeah, you know he's fifty three. Um, huh. Elizabeth Hurley, fifty three years old. And so when you think about like man. like people dying, I mean these are young. I mean that's what it is. Like I like I, I look at it except for Slash. For the most part, these are people. <laughs> I mean these are people that you go wow. Yeah. They're not that old. <laughs> right. Guess, guess who's 54? Brad Pitt. 
Brad Pitt is 54? He's 54 years of course, old. What else would he be? Like, he's I'm 40. Year, There's no way Brad, a, Brad Pitt is like 43. Yeah. He's a year older than me. So I can always say, no matter how old I am, I'm a year younger than Brad Pitt. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and you're not as good looking either. No, so not there even. You go. Clo- not even. I'm not, you know. I'm sl- it's a, no, you know what? I take that I'm back. as good it's looking as different slash. kind of... of I'm as good looking I don't as Slash. I'm not as talented. I don't know what Slash looks like. Oh, I would like... not know what Slash looks like okay, without you... the hair in the face and the yeah. hat on. You remember, and you remember a guitar those... in his chest. You remember the bugs called roly-polies? Remember those? Of course, yeah. He looks like a roly-poly rolled up with eyes. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and hilariously unfortunate. Yeah, that's just how it is. He's a roly-poly with eyes. <laughs> that's what I you think. You know, that's another thing. Where the fuck are all the roly-polies? Like I turned thirteen and they all just went away. Well, no. Here's the thing about about global warming and climate change. Don't tell me they're killing the fucking roly polies, man. Well, well, let's put it this way: Do you remember when you were a child on a road trip? Yes. And you would stop at the gas station to get gas and clean the fucking bugs off your windshield. Remember that? Yeah, but I never cleaned a roly poly off no, my windshield. No, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going larger. I'm, I'm going macro. Like, how micro. low profile was your family I'm going car? Like, no, I'm just saying, as you're driving, you had to clean the bugs yes. off your windshield. Yes. I just drove from Chicago to Las Vegas. Yeah. Didn't have to clean a single bug off my windshield. I've driven to Kansas and Pennsylvania in the summer. Never, not a single bug cleaned off my windshield. You know why? Because we as humans are killing all the fucking bugs, yeah. including the roly polies. They were the first to go because they were small. Yep, there you go. The insect yeah. apocalypse is here. It's true. Yeah, it's true. there was a story in the New York Times Magazine back in October, the end of October, or, uh, November, called "The Insect Apocalypse Is Here," um, which is really. I'm actually writing a story about that because a study was done by this Danish firm, and I've, I work for a Danish. Old yeah. folks home. Any, uh, anyway. Um, well, but yeah, slash, it is fascinating. And yeah, but that's a good point. Like, I haven't even seen a roly... Should I go dig for that? Was I digging more as a no, kid? Like, I, don't even, I don't even know that they're lacking. The roly-poly is Slash's face. Oh, my God. Last known roly-poly. He can't die. We need to Gotta clone have a roly-poly. his face. And this is horrible. I mean, it's, Jesus Christ, dude. The fucking death of hair metal... And and roly polies and global. This is this is a tragic. Th- this is very serious. This is a big deal. It may perhaps it's something um, that you should write about in a sarcastic, smug way and send to McSweeney's. OMG! I should. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. All right. So my first thing uh, is a read. Um, it's it's an article from the National Ge- from National Geographic called "This Is the Loneliest Road in America." And it is about Nevada. Oh wow! And and that's it's about the, I want to read the stretch that, yeah. way up north. Um, yeah, I mean it's the loneliest road in America. It's I want to drive that. You need to you need to read it, but yeah, you need to drive it. Like I I, I, I I'd spent so many nights and days on that. It's it's wild, man. I it is write fucking it. I wild. Write. Yeah. All, right. All three of mine are watches, by the way. I'm just going to say, because, uh, you know, the only thing that keeps me from uh, losing my shit in the midst of moving for the, seems like the 50th time, is yeah. watching stuff. So, I, I didn't get it when it came out. The other night, I just kind of randomly decided, oh, you know what? I love the Coen brothers. Let's just see what this is all about. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is a 
fucking gas. Yeah. It is so fucking crazy. It's so perfect. It's yeah. so Coen Brothers. I highly, if you haven't seen it on Netflix, I just recommend it because it was just, I had so much fun watching this thing. I think that was one of my six things a couple so. months ago. And yeah, I just didn't get around brilliant. to it. And yeah. I watched it the other night and went, God yeah. damn, that is just so much fun. So Ballad of Best Describes, watch it. Real quickly, which vignette was your favorite? Liam Neeson. The armless and legless performing boy. Okay. Okay, yeah, that was good. That, not, For me, it was it was the first one. It was the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So I like that one, but that, that one was one just seemed, so wild and weird and funny. That one so and, obvious to me. I, it was, to my favorite, were either that one about the, you know, but the performer, whatever he was, mm-hmm. I don't know what the net titles were, or the one with Tom Waits. Yeah. Because I just, you know. Uh, the Prospector. Yeah, that was just that great. That was good, too. Yeah, you know what? It's such a thing, good show. That, that actually is a really hard question for me to for you to answer because they're all so different yeah yeah and if you want like comedy and fast yeah. shit and musical there's the, the first vignette if you yeah. want some really like character study if you want dark comedy there's i mean it's yeah it's all there yeah i loved it i, th- I think it's i might I have to go back and watch it again i know i'm probably it. It gonna great. watch it again it was just so goddamn good all right so my second thing to do is a watch and this is not a new show. It's on its like the tail end of its last, its final season. Uh, it's on Comedy Central. It's called Broad City. I maybe have mentioned this before, but I feel like this last season, it's really kicking ass. At first, you know, Katie got me watching it because it's a chick thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But it's here's just the funny. thing: is that it takes the living piss out of woke millennial women. Oh, I know. And. It's so funny because every time that I, and I, I only watch it with Katie because it's one of our shows we watch together. Yeah. She's laughing at the stuff and I kind of like look at her to see, is she laughing because it's funny or is she laughing because like, oh God, that's so me, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But yeah. we had a long conversation that we watched an episode last night and it was like, oh God, that's one of our friends and this is not, it's so fucking real. But yes, it's, it's a great show. Um, the the writers and creators and stars are extre- and directors they're extremely talented so if you're not watching it watch it yeah absolutely all right um, then there are two what I would call feminist superhero movies out and I don't say they're feminist because they're feminist but I say them because they they feature women superheroes yep. um, the interesting thing is if you follow the incel class if you follow the Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes the Rotten Tomatoes sort of like we're not gonna let you fucking <laughs> Is Shit Rotten all- Tomatoes the incel class? Well, no. The thing about it is, did you hear about uh, Captain Marvel? They the incels that didn't want a feminist superhero. They started before because Rotten Tomatoes just recently got rid of uh, movie reviews before the movie came out. Because okay. they used to have is like if you wanted to see the movie, you could put it on. Well, what was happening was all these fucking incels that don't want to yeah. see a feminist superhero were just trashing Captain Marvel. So Rotten Tomatoes went, fuck you, you haven't even seen it. So they got rid of that altogether. You can only say you like or dislike it once it's out. So one of them is Captain Marvel. Right. Because it's uh, it's fucking Captain Marvel. And I'm as excited as seeing Brie Larson as Captain Marvel as I am about seeing Samuel L. Jackson, who has to be like as old as Methuselah now. <laughs> <laughs> But as a 40-year-old man in this movie, I've heard it's quite amazing, so I want to see it. Yeah. So a minute about the the incels in Captain Marvel. I understand. 
I don't agree with it all, but I understand the incels, idiot pea brains getting pissed about an all females Ghostbusters. Like, I, for a fucking moron, I get why they're they didn't like about the that. Last Jedi because it had black people in it and women. It's just right? Like, come on, I, I fucking get, get over that yourselves, thinking, you douchebags. Like, their argument could be that they're ruining our childhood and all that shit. But Captain Marvel is, I know, not originally in the nineteen sixty or early 70s there was Captain Marvel who was a like a godlike Captain space Marvel. Marvel, yes. Okay. And then Marvel uh, Marvel was created just so that DC couldn't call their Captain Marvel Captain Marvel, which is why the movie that's coming out about DC's Captain Marvel is called Shazam. Right. Yeah. Right. I forgot that he Yeah. My mind just got blown for half a that's second. I completely fucking that, forgot about that. Yeah, that's why Captain Marvel was created was so that they could yeah. they could yeah yeah this is all about the DC that's, Marvel. But so battle. Like, but for the most part, for the the majority of Captain Marvel's existence, it's been Carol Danvers. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's like shut the f- just shut the fuck up. All right. So. My last thing to do is watch Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, because right. at the time of at the time that this podcast drops on Sunday morning, I will have seen it. Same. And I am I'm not ass. a Brie Larson fan, but oh, I'm also not not a fan. I don't know what what else has she been in. I don't know um, her work. She was in Room. Never saw it. Oh God, she was brilliant in Room. Um, she actually was in not a great movie, but I loved it for a reason. Is the Kong Skull Island. <laughs> Yes, okay. Because yes. I fucking love it. Right. It's King Kong, so I yeah. don't give a fuck how good the movie is. It's fucking yeah. King Kong. I'm in. I'm in yeah. King Kong. I don't give a shit. I'm really excited. I love the character. I love the comic book. Um, I, I'm really curious to see how it... Because this is like the tie. This is the, the bow for Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2. Yeah, yeah. This is just, you know, well, and we'll figure out how that plays. But what I love from what I've read in the reviews, the actual reviews, is that it 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 really looks sort of like uh, Thor Ragnarok had that sort of weird, mm-hmm. it's like crazy feel to it. like second. This feels very nineties. It's directed. It's supposed to feel like a nineties movie. It's got the same pacing as a nineties movie, yeah. and so that it's like this is the this is the superhero movie Marvel would have made in the nineties. In the nineties, if they had if the they technology, had money yeah. and the technology, yeah, yeah. And the great thing about that is that it's um it's it's a '90s movie, which means that Luke Perry is still alive. Exactly right. Yeah. I love that. And then my third and final thing, or my first thing, or how we do it, is it's the other movie. In fact, this is the movie that the incels who hate Captain Marvel say they should all be like this one. Here's the thing. I don't give a fuck what they say. I enjoyed the film. I thought it was fun. I thought it was. Now a lot of people didn't like it. It's not gotten great reviews. Alita: Battle Angel. You know, it's it's oh yeah okay. It's Robert Rodriguez directed it, and everybody like Robert Rodriguez. He, didn't he do the hostile movies? Yes, but he also did Shark Girl and Tank Boy. Right, whatever. The guy's got some street cred. It, it it's like watching a a really excellent video game, but with like fucking a list actors doing a coming of age story. I loved it. I yeah. just thought it was. I watched. It, I just, it's the it first looks movie. like a badass movie. It's fun as hell. The characters are. In, I mean, it's 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 filled with a million tropes. It's not like there's anything in it that's terribly original. Yeah, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, it's it's really amazing technology that makes that blends the live action. I mean, it's sort of like the computer ages version of Who's Killed Roger Rabbit, but right. you know, because about right. half the people are are like partially human, but also mostly animated. It's. I just thought it was spectacular, and I and I enjoyed it very much. 
And did and you get this for like $4 at Samstown? I, in fact, did. It was the first movie I saw in Las Vegas that I saw as a senior. It was quite lovely. boy. All right. And that, my friend. That's friends, the podcast. We thank it. you for listening. Be sure to like us, subscribe, tell your friends about it, and we'll talk to you next week. Rock and roll. You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>